Hi, everyone. Welcome to Speech Goods, a podcast where we showcase awesome SLPs doing awesome traditional and non-traditional SLP things. Myself and the guests on the show are here to talk about the goods, the bads, and the untamable parts of ourselves and our SLP careers, and how, despite the challenges of everyday life, have just done the dang thing, loving what we do. I'm your host, Danny Augustine. I went from burnt out, dissatisfied with my SLP job, to dusting off my big girl pants, sprinkling some determination in my 20-cent coffee, and starting my own debt-free private practice. Now, I love my work and career and wouldn't trade it for anything else. It was support and wisdom from others around me that helped me refine my why. In the show, I hope you find support and wisdom of your own. Hello, friend, and welcome to the Speech Goods podcast slash show slash whatever you want to call it. Super excited to be talking to you today. Now, if any of you are familiar with the show or you've been following my journey, I love, love, love talking about personal finance, money, mindset, especially as it's related to SLPs, PTs, and OTs. I love talking about doing the dang thing and just following your dreams and making your money work for you as a speech language pathologist. So I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from the money talk today, and I actually do not have a guest with me, but I have a treat for you. A large part of my financial journey and my road to getting out of that SLP burnout, feeling underpaid and overworked, was opening up my own private practice. And a large part of opening up my private practice and the success that I've been able to have with my private practice was niching down and finding a specific area that I could become really, really, really good at, especially since my particular area has a little bit of an oversaturation of SLPs. And contrary to a lot of popular beliefs in the SLP field, my functional therapy is not new. There's a lot of evidence that talks about the efficacy of my functional therapy and the benefits of it. The problem is you're not going to find that evidence in the speech language pathology journals. You're actually going to be finding that in the dental and orthodontic journals and publications. But I'm not going to get into a bunch of research today. I really want to get into answering some of the main questions that I receive. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you some resources for places or courses or people that you can follow on social media, some free Facebook groups, or even some courses that you may want to take that I have also taken and absolutely loved. So the first question I'm going to answer for you today is what is myofunctional therapy? Some people call it myo. Some people refer to it as oral facial myofunctional therapy, oromyofunctional therapy. Those are all just a bunch of ways to say the exact same thing. So that is one point of confusion that I know some people will get. Um, if myo is different from oral facial myo or oral facial myofunctional myo, it's all the same thing. A lot of people in the space just call it myo because Let's be honest, oral facial myofunctional therapy, see if you can say that 10 times fast. So now that I've gotten a little bit of the semantics out of the way for you, I'm going to explain myofunctional therapy to you the same way that I try to explain it to patients. The easiest way for people to kind of wrap their head around what it is, is I basically say it's physical therapy for your face. Um, It's very much about muscles and how the different muscle groups are working together, um, whether that's actually the muscles of your face or the muscles in your tongue. So there's actually eight muscles in your tongue. Four of those help to move your tongue into in space, so moving it up and down, side to side. And then there's also four muscles that are intrinsic muscles that help to change the shape. So it helps you to narrow the tongue or broaden it or to make a bowl like this. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you can just imagine me making a bowl. So that's very much what it is. So we're looking at, are we able to use all of these muscles in a functional way to get the results that we want? 
So when I am doing an evaluation on someone and it's a myofunctional evaluation, I'm looking at how the oral facial musculature is impacting their swallow, is impacting potentially their speech and their oral rest posture. So a lot of the trainings that you're going to, that you may or may not go to, there's a pretty good con concise con whatever the word is, uh, that there's like three main big goals of traditional myofunctional therapy. So the first goal is achieving appropriate, what we call oral rest posture. Okay. So the goal is whenever you are at rest, whenever you are just sitting there watching TV, your mouth should be closed. So we do not want anyone out. We want, we don't want anyone sitting and watching TV with their mouth hanging open like that. We're not trying to be Napoleon Dynamite. So we're gonna have our mouth closed, tongue up to the palate, resting on your palate. We don't wanna have our tongue hanging down in the bottom of the mouth um, and breathing through your nose. So when a client is entering myofunctional therapy, those are, those are kind of those big goals that you're looking for. And obviously there's lots of different ways to get there. I'm not going to go that into, I'm not going to go into that into this episode. Um, again, I'm going to include so many resources um, of people who are doing amazing, amazing things in the field at the end of this video so that you can learn more. As SLPs, Myofunctional therapy is super, super applicable to what we do, and it is also in our scope of practice. Because a lot of times, whenever these muscles aren't working the right way, it may or may not just affect oral rest, rest posture, swallowing or nasal breathing. It may also affect things like speech articulation or feeding, which that is like right up our alley, guys. That's what we do. I've even gotten referrals for myofunctional therapy for kids who aren't even having feeding or speech difficulties, but they're having a lot of dental issues going on. A great example is if we're having a lot of cavities in the back of our mouth and our back molars. Um, part of that can be them not being able to get their tongue to the back of the teeth to be able to clean them, right? Whenever you just had a big meal, what's something you do with your tongue? You kind of move it around and make sure that you can clean your teeth. Again, that is definitely not my scope of practice as a speech language pathologist, but I will get referrals for myofunctional therapy to help with tongue mobility and range of motion and things like that so that they can do those tasks um, for dental health reasons. So Char Beauchart actually has a really great podcast called The Speech Link. You can actually get CEU credits through Speech Therapy PPD by listening to the podcast and um, and completing like their little quiz and stuff after, which is really, really cool and convenient for you. Um, I'm not affiliated with them at the moment. It's just something for you to know for your own knowledge because I thought that was super beneficial. Anyways, she has an amazing podcast episode or it's a couple episodes. I think it's episode and I'm going to link it in the, in the show notes. I think it's episode 33 and I think she, she splits it into two different parts and she calls it the perfect oral motor storm. And she takes us through the history of why and how um, this idea that oral motor isn't evidence-based had kind of came about in the SLP field and how this idea sort of kept going and what enzymes actually are versus myofunctional therapy. And that's a point I really want to drive home for you. I'm not going to get into all that research. That is a podcast episode. She does a much better job at it and explaining it than I ever could, but also recognizing that enzymes are not the same thing as myofunctional therapy. So the question that I get asked a lot is, how did I get started in myofunctional therapy? This was not something that I had ever heard of in graduate school. Um, in my grad program, like many grad programs are still uh, teaching to this day, is that oral motor or ensoms, non-speech oral motor exercises, are not evidence-based. There's a lot of confusion with this topic, and I think it's really important to understand that oral facial myofunctional therapy and ensoms are not the same thing. Okay, back to the question I was gonna answer. 
how um, did I get interested in or learn about myofunctional therapy? So funnily enough, in my area, there is a local physical therapist who is absolutely amazing. And she's actually, at least as of now that I know of, the only physical therapist to be allowed to attend the uh, one of the, the IAOM Myo course, which I'll talk about that um, later in the episode about different specific organizations and courses for you so that you can go look those up. Um, and she's also the only physical therapist to ever get her calm. So it's super interesting that the main person doing myofunctional therapy in my era, area was not an SLP or a registered dental uh, hygienist, which those are really the two main professions that you're going to see doing Myo. Um, there are OTs that do it as well, but just sort of in general, it's usually going to be SLPs and RDHs. Um, but in my area, there just so happened to be a PT who was doing myofunctional therapy, and she now has her calm. So that is a certified oral facial myologist. Again, I'll get into some certifications a little bit later so you can have that information. But what ended up happening was I, I, was, having this, I was having one kiddo. We were working on our tick. This child was five. They had been getting speech therapy for years, years and years and years. And I just noticed... I felt like I kept training him, especially for like S's and S blends. I kept like trying to do what I was told to do in graduate school and helping him with phonetic placement. We practice it and we practice it in isolation. We practice it in words. But honestly, like his tongue just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And I ended up realizing like he couldn't do it. So a great example is I would try to get the phonetic placement for, and if you're not watching this on YouTube, I'm going to describe it as I, um, as I say it, but I was trying to get the phonetic placement to get the tongue up kind of behind the teeth. And you know how we need that narrowing of the tip of the tongue to make that nice right? And we want that single stream of air to come through to produce that S sound that makes that nice fricative sound, right? What would happen with this particular child is it was super slushy. So he was able to finally get the tongue behind the teeth instead of putting it like up against the teeth or pressing it in, in the middle of the teeth like this. But it was still so slushy. And like I had tried, I had tried everything. I even tried a trick where I introduced it as a different sound. So like I took like the snake sound out of it. I even tried to introduce it as a new sound and he was still just, he just could not get rid of the slushy. And I ended up just kind of asking him, okay, can you even do this? And I had, I opened my mouth and I just lifted my tongue up and he had so much difficulty with that task. And so I went home and I was like, what is going on? I'm doing all the things I was supposed to do. I felt terrible because I felt like, you know, we had made progress in therapy, but like I kind of exhausted a lot of my tools in my toolbox. Um, in the back of my head, I was kind of wondering like, okay, I, I, do I need to refer this child out? I'm really not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. Like this might be over my head. Then I actually, in whenever I was kind of Googling and, you know, going down the rabbit hole that is SLP Facebook groups, goodness gracious, um, I found, I found out about tongue ties and I just was doing some research. I know that this child had had some feeding difficulties and a history of feeding difficulties, uh, and a history of feeding, uh, difficulty with nursing. So, and with breastfeeding. And so I decided, you know, I kind of just brought up to mom. I definitely said, I'm really not sure. I don't know how to assess for this. Um, this may be what's going on, but I referred her to a local ENT who regularly dealt with those and said, maybe, maybe he can help you. So thankfully, uh, this ENT that I referred this particular child to 
ended up referring him to the local PT who did biofunctional therapy. And mom, me and the mom were super, super, you know, we communicated a lot. She let me know how everything was going. Um, and she kind of would show me like the exercises that this PT was having, having him do. And at first I was like, this is oral motor. Like I was told that oral motor isn't evidence-based. Like this isn't going to work. Honestly, like I kind of, I kind of thought it was like dumb at first. Obviously I didn't say that. Um, but that's what I have been told in all my training is that, you know, having a kid move their tongue in a certain way or whatever, is going to do anything for speech but he got better with his speech like sounds that I was not able to elicit before with correct placement he still needed help with the placement but it was like oh my gosh he suddenly had access to the movements and this was before a tongue tie like this was before a tongue tie procedure like anything like that this was just like okay this is wow. Like I saw like such a big impact in his speech intelligibility and also in his ability to be able to follow my commands for getting the phonetic placement that I was trying to get, especially for fricatives. So needless to say, I immediately wanted to connect with this PT and her practice and just be like, what are you doing? Like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I went down the myofunctional therapy rabbit hole. Uh, and then uh, at this time when I had this particular patient, I was not working for myself. I was working for someone else. Um, and then as I started getting really interested in myo and wanting to take the trainings, that's when some of that private that desire to have my own private practice um, and a little bit more autonomy kind of came about. And Honestly, I just took it from there. I took a few like sort of basic online intro courses to kind of just learn more about what Maya was and kind of learn a little bit more of the basics. And then I eventually did invest into a one week long intro course with the IAOM. I will tell you this, although I've been doing Mayo for almost two years now, there's so much more to learn. Every kid is so different. Um, there's always, always something new. So that's why one of the one of the local dentists that I work with a lot, whenever I have my first conversation with her, that's what she told me. She said, welcome to the rabbit hole. And it is very, very much a rabbit hole, but it's a fascinating one. And it's definitely, if you wanna get into myofunctional therapy, you need to make sure that you're prepared to be a lifelong learner because there's still so much more that we're learning. And then again, as we know, every child is different. And then kind of blending the myofunctional therapy with also their feeding goals or their speech goals um, or having to use different tools. It's definitely it's definitely an art, uh, but it is an, it is an art that I love. Now I'm going to talk about some specific resources for you, organizations, courses. That way you can get some really great takeaways and action steps from this episode so that if you want to get interested or learn more about myofunctional therapy and go do the dang thing, you can. So I'm going to give you some basics about different organizations and resources sort of in the Mayo world. Um, that way you have the information and you can choose to go with whatever things that you want to go with that is going to fit uh, your goals and your budget, etc. Also, keep in mind that this episode is being filmed on October 14th of 2021. So if you're listening to this at a much later date, there may be some updates. So you just give your girl grace because I can't predict the future. 
So to my knowledge, there's one main organization for myofunctional therapy, and then there's one that also another one that also provides certification. But what the other one, the IAOM, is kind of like the big, really, really big one and probably the most well-known. Now, just as a, an additional piece of information, there are other associations, companies or whatever that are associated with myofunctional therapy or some that are associated with specifically tongue ties like the ICAP Association. Um, I'm not going to talk about those in those in this video because they're that's just all the things. So I'm going to focus specifically on sort of the main the main nuts and bolts of the Mayo world. And I 100% encourage you to do your own research and continue to learn more. I want you to use this episode and this information as a starting off point, not as your end all be all for your information about Mayo. The first organization I'm going to talk about is probably the biggest, and that is called the IAOM. So IAOM stands for International Association uh, of Oral Facial Myology. So this particular organization, you can go to their website. They have a directory for people who have taken their courses, and they have a, a provider directory for people who have gotten their certification. They have research articles. It's a really, really great place to start if you're interested in myofunctional therapy and just kind of want to look a few things up. They do offer a certification. This is uh, what we hear as like the gold standard in the Mayo world. It's called the COM or the Certified Oral Facial Myologist. I think there's only like 300 and something or 400 and something like in the whole world, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it's definitely a rigorous process to get your COM. I personally uh, have not gone for my COM. I do have some colleagues and friends that have their COM and they're absolutely fabulous and they worked very very hard to get that certification but just know that it's not like a quick like I take my I take my course with IAOM and then I become a calm um, the course and taking sort of that one week main myofunctional therapy course with IAOM that is the course that I took I took mine with Christy Gatto who is absolutely amazing I highly recommend her course as well uh, but once you take that one week course then there's steps after that that you have to take to get a calm so you do have to you do have to do an exam and it's I know it's a fairly fairly long process you have about six months to complete the exam as well as on um, what they call an on-site where they actually watch you evaluate and treat patients from different stages of treatment Another one big organization in the Mayo world is called the AOMT, the Academy of Oral Facial Myofunctional Therapy. I believe this was started by Sandra Holtzman. Um, they used to offer what was called, they called it the COM, but it was actually a QOM. So it stood for Qualified Oral Facial Myofunctional Therapist. Um, but now they've actually started offering something called the COMT. I don't know if I'm saying it right, uh, but now it's the COMT. So that stands for Certified Oral Facial Myofunctional Therapist as well. If that's the certification you're interested in or you're interested in the COM, again, go to those websites. I'll have all of that in the show notes so that you can go and look at their information. Um, the AOMT also has a lot of fabulous resources and information. You can even buy Sandra Holtzman's Myo Manual over, over on that website. So again, lots of goodies for you to go check out. So one common misconception that I do want to be sure to clear up for you is that you do not have to be certified to practice myofunctional therapy. I think there's some people who think that, oh, well, I have to go and get a calm or something like that in order to be able to do myofunctional therapy at all. Um, that is actually not the case. If you are an SLP, 
my functional therapy is already in your scope of practice, boo. So go do the dang thing. Now, obviously we're going to be ethical and not, uh, not practice modalities that we have not had training in, but you do not have to go through the full process of getting certified in order to do myofunctional therapy. Now, there are lots of benefits to certification. And if that is something that you want to do, again, this episode is meant to be a jumping off point to help you kind of give you some options um, about what's available out there if you're interested in myofunctional therapy. And certification is definitely a great option for you if you think that's going to fit for you and your practice. So one of the big ways that you can just dive on into myofunctional therapy is by taking an intro course. Um, If you've been in any myofunctional therapy Facebook groups, you probably hear that people say, you know, I took an intro course, something like that. Um, Typically those intro courses are a week long, uh, depending, I don't know how the online options are working, but pre-pandemic, pretty much a week long and you would get a full just immersion into assessment, intervention, treatment, and all of the things. So definitely a really great, like this is all of the things with myofunctional therapy. Uh, one part of a lot of the intro courses is, and I actually, I won my skull, my group won our skulls and we got to keep them in my intro course with Christy Gatto, which was so much fun. But we we took the skulls and then we got different uh, different colors of Play-Doh, you know, multi-sensory, tactile. We're bringing in all the senses because, you know, we got to keep ourselves keep ourselves going. And we got to make models of like all the different muscles. I'll have to go find my skull. All the different muscles of the face. We did, you know, the Bicolaris Oris, like all that type of stuff. And that was really, really a really fun, great hands-on activity. So those intro courses, typically for AOMT or IOM, if you want to get their certification, their intro course is really like the first step in their certification process. Now I'm going to be honest with you because your girl, your girl is realistic. Um, one barrier to entry for intro courses is the price point. And I totally, totally understand that. So I do want to make sure that as I'm giving you this information, I'm going to give you some different resources at different price points so that maybe you're not ready to fully invest in an intro course yet. And you just kind of want to dabble. I am going to give you, um, some sort of like sort of smaller resources later on in this episode. So just know if you want to take an intro course, it is going to be something that I would highly encourage you to look into all the different all the different instructors, find someone that you feel is going to fit your learning style or, you know, whatever it is that you want. And um, you're probably, it's probably going to be something that you're going to have to save up for. It's well, well worth it. But again, just being real and keep it at no fluff for you today. So let's say you're listening to that and you say, Danny, that's just really not an option for me right now. Or, you know, yes, like I would love to save up for that, but it's going to take me six or seven months to save up for that. What can I do in the meantime? Well, I gotcha. Okay. So one sort of like step under that from an intro course is uh, an amazing resource that I actually partake in myself. It's called the Mayo Membership with Hallie Balkin. It's a really, really great um, monthly membership that she has monthly trainings. And once you sign up, you have access to all the previous trainings. So you can just go like binge watch all of them. And she goes over various topics in the Mayo world. And like I said, she has speakers that come on and do different trainings. And she also has a private Facebook group that has mentors and all of the mentors actually have their calm and they can answer different questions that you have or if you want to bounce ideas off of ideas off of people in the Facebook group with different patients um, there's case studies so it's a really great it's a really really great resource 
Like I've taken an intro course and I still find it very, very valuable. Again, I have no financial relationship with it at all. I pay full price for my membership. I just find that it is a great resource uh, and Hallie's put together a really great program for you. Another resource that you have available to you that has some smaller courses, not necessarily intro courses, is with Linda D'Onofrio. Um, I'm going to link, I believe she has a website to all of her courses in, um, and I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, I have not taken any of her courses. I have heard amazing things about her courses. She's very, very knowledgeable and one of the big names in the field. She actually heads up one of the, the big free myofunctional therapy Facebook group that I'll also link in the show notes as well for you to go check out. Um, but I've heard amazing things about her courses as well. She has, uh, I don't believe she has an intro course or anything like that. Uh, but she does have different specific courses. So like she has specific things about R, specific things about our tick and feeding. So you can definitely go browse and see if those, um, if any of those courses or resources strike your fancy. So let's say that you're looking at me and you're like, Danny, I'm really on a budget. Um, I would love to save up for all those courses, but even like a $200 course or something like that is kind of making me feel sweat a little bit. Don't worry. There's definitely something for you to at least if you want to learn more about what myofunctional therapy is. I know for myself, um, I thought it was really beneficial to take some of these courses I'm about to tell you about so that I could really just have a better understanding of what it was so that I could know if I was prepared to invest in more courses so that I could learn about that and learn about myo and add it to my practice. So a great resource that I use and highly recommend, again, I have no uh, current financial relationship with them, is Speech Therapy PD. So they are actually, I, I kind of, I, I kind of like, I like this resource because if at the end of the day, you take a couple of their Mayo courses on there and you just decide, oh, I'm glad that I learned this. I now know when to refer out, but this really isn't for me. Um, you still have access to all their other courses because it's like a speech therapy course membership. So you pay a yearly, you pay your yearly subscription fee um, and then you have access to their whole course library. So you can actually just pay, I think it's like one something. Um, you can actually just pay for that and you can actually get all of your 10 yearly CEUs by just paying that one price. And they also happen to have um, some great, some great Mayo courses. Um, again, those are not gonna be, those are not gonna be telling you details about assessment intervention. They're more of just like, what it, what is Mayo? Kind of dipping your toes in there. Like, I think there's a course on R in, in Speech Therapy PD, I'm pretty sure. But that's a really great way if you're just like, oh, I'm kind of interested, but, I'm not fully, I'm not like fully ready to like dive in or even purchase something that's a couple hundred dollars. Well, this one's a really great way because again, say you just decide Mayo's not for me. I'm glad I know about it, but you decide it's not for me. Well, you can just go take a bunch of their other courses that they, courses that they have. They also have um, podcast courses, which is really cool, where you can listen to the podcast and get credit for it if you take their take their little quiz or whatever. Um, so that's just super, super convenient. So that is also a great place for you to be able to start is with a speech therapy PD membership. So that is all the resources that I'm going to include in this episode. Again, keep in mind, there are many other resources. There are other programs out there. Um, I just kind of picked these because they're very well known and I have taken some of them personally. I like to be very open about the fact of whether or not I've actually taken something. Um, because if I haven't taken the course, 
I can't speak specifically about the course. I can only say about what, what I've heard about it or what, what I've read about it. Um, so again, this was not an exhaustive list, but this is a great jumping off point for you to be able to decide what's going to fit what your needs are right now and fit your budget and also your interest level. So all of those resources, I kind of gave you a range from like the top notch, top dollar, top investment, most thorough, all the way down to something like, uh, let me just dip my little toesies in the water and see if I'm cool with this, right? Uh, there's also a few other resources that are not necessarily specifically Mayo or specifically SLP geared, but they're also amazing resources and I wanted to make sure that you got that information. So one training that I highly recommend and that I took myself is the TOTS AKA Tethered Oral Tissue Specialty Training with Autumn Reed Henning. She is actually a calm. She's actually one of the mentors in Hallie's Mayo membership. And she was actually a guest on the podcast a while back. Um, and she's just an all around, all around amazing human being. She also is a lactation consultant. So be sure to go check out her episode. Uh, we talk a lot about private pay, private practice in that podcast episode. So be, go, be sure to go check it out uh, in her Instagram handle. I'll have that in the show notes, but she's uh, Chris, at Chrysalis Oral Facial, I believe. But I'll have all our information in the show notes. Her course is super, super valuable. Uh, although it's not specifically Mayo, tongue ties and oral function is very much like a subset in the Mayo in the Mayo space. So if that's something that you're interested in, uh, you can definitely go check out our course. Uh, it was super inf inform super informative and I highly recommend it. The next resource that you can definitely go check out is anything with the Breathe Institute. Now that is actually headed up by an ENT. His name is Dr. Zoggy. Um, is very big name in the Mayo in the Mayo airway space. Um, that is very much like airway focused. So it's not specifically geared towards SLPs. It's very much about airway. Um, but as you delve more into the Mayo functional therapy space airway and finding airway centric providers like ENTs, dentists, orthodontists is super, super important. So he's got courses and resources on his website as well. Uh, I believe that they have a YouTube channel that you were actually able to watch some of the phrenectomy or he does a frenuloplasty procedures. So if you're kind of interested in like the ooey gooey anatomy stuff, he's another great resource to go check out. Another resource organization that is going to be super beneficial for you to look into is, okay, give me a little grace. I'm going to have to read this off my notes because I'm going to mispronounce it. Okay. The short is called ICAP, the I-C-A-P, but ICAP stands for International Consortium of Ankylophrenula Professionals. So this is another group um, that's ankylophrenula, fancy anatomical jargon for tongue ties. So uh, again, this is not a specific group that is for SLPs, but this is for anyone who would be on that sort of TOTS team. You're going to see, you're going to see RDHs, SLPs, OTs, PTs, dentists, orthodontists, ENTs. Again, when you get into myofunctional therapy, what you're going to quickly learn is that just because you're doing the therapy, uh, you cannot do it alone. There's usually a lot of other moving pieces. Again, we're if we're looking at a child's airway, if we're looking at orthodontic history, or if they want to put braces on, things like that, um, it's very, very much a team and a very holistic approach. So joining these organizations or looking into these organizations or seeing anyone in your local area who is are a part of these things can be really beneficial uh, because you're going to, if you want to get into myofunctional therapy, it's very important to have, uh, a, we call it like your team and building your team of professionals that you can refer to in your area. 
The last resource that I'm going to tell you about is completely free and so valuable. So it is actually a free Facebook group. It is the Oro Myofunctional Study Facebook group. So that group is actually headed up by Linda D'Onofrio, the person that I had mentioned earlier who offers courses, who offers courses for myofunctional therapy. Um, I believe she's doing online. I believe she's doing a lot of online courses now as well. So you can definitely look into that if you're interested. Um, But she heads up that group and there's a lot of valuable information there. Again, it's very much an interprofessional group. You are going to find SLPs. Um, You're also going to find dentists, orthodontists, ENTs. People ask questions. She has a lot, a lot of information in the file section that you can go look up. She's got evals that she's written. Um, Such a great resource. Again, and it's it's free. Come on now. Um, So you can go check that out and see if any of that information is going to kind of help you and help you decide where you want to go from there. Okay, so I've given you like a ton of resources and information. So hopefully you're like feeling all tingly and happy inside and you're going to go jump up and enter the rabbit hole that is my functional therapy and decide if it's something you want to pursue. But before you do that, I do want to make sure that I give you um, a few pieces of advice and takeaways outside of just the resources um, if you are at the beginning of your myofunctional therapy journey. These are also going to be things that I wish that I knew before starting my myofunctional therapy journey. So even though I didn't get them before I started and I had to figure them out along the way, haha, you get the cheat code. Congratulations. So first thing is like speech therapy in itself, but I also think this really applies to myofunctional therapy is it is a beautiful blend of art and science and cookie cutter is not going to cut it with myofunctional therapy. Um, there are programs out there. And one thing I've learned about myo that's similar to how I feel about money and finances is that there really is no one size fits all program or a set of exercises. Um, you always have to go back to, and it's the same thing with speech therapy. It's the same thing with money, right? You always have to go back to why you always have to go back to what is my goal and how is this exercise going to get me there what is my goal and how is this activity or this book going to get me there what is my goal and how is this month's budget going to get me there so that's definitely one thing is that it's gonna it's a blend of art and science we're therapists we're already used to thinking on our feet and myofunctional therapy is no different than that um so you're definitely going to get to have fun with it and get creative and be prepared for that and know that that's okay one thing that i wish that i knew or i guess one um, expectation that i wish i would have understood better going into my intro course is that just because you take an intro course, like you're not gonna know everything after an intro course. Um, I took my intro course through the IOM with Christy Gatto. She was a fabulous instructor. I'm so glad that I took the course, but the course is only five days. So you can imagine there's no way that you're gonna be able to fit every single detail of myofunctional therapy into that five days. So I think that I needed to kind of curb my expectations a little bit with, what we were able to get through in that five days. And Christy actually did a good job of talking to us about that in the course and kind of letting us know like this course, 
this course is like your first big, big step. And yes, we're going to go all over all the assessment and treatment, all those things, but also recognize like this isn't it, that you're going to have to continue learning. You're going to have to continue building your team in your area and kind of learning what practices are going to work best for you and your therapy style while also continuing to learn more just about myofunctional therapy in general. So I think that sometimes people can be a little disappointed after an intro course and it's not because it's not because it wasn't a great course but i don't want you to go into it thinking you're going to be like a mayo aficionado after an intro course um an intro course is meant i feel like it's meant to be like that great baseline and give you like that very well-rounded specific like assessment intervention exercises all that fun stuff um but a big part of it is going to really be you like my goal after my intro course when I got back was I just wanted to put my hands on as many faces as I possibly could. I did a myo eval on my husband. I did an eval on a couple of my friends. Um, and then my kids that were at the place that I was working at the time that I thought needed some, probably needed some myo help, but I just didn't know how to help them at the time. Uh, I actually kind of did like some assessments with them as well and just got in that practice. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like when you went to school for speech therapy, um, there's really nothing that's going, there's no class that's going to substitute for you getting out there and doing the dang thing. Right. Um, so that's just something that, I want to make sure that people kind of curb their expectations a little bit um, whenever they go into these intro classes and recognize that you also have to do the practice and you have to apply the knowledge whenever you get out of the intro course. And that's where you're really going to see that growth. And with that, you really just have to give yourself time and patience in order to learn and in order to practice. Another thing that I feel like I knew I would need to be prepared for, um, and we had some great conversations when I took my Mayo class with Christy about, but again, I'm here to just spread information and spread knowledge so that you can, so that you can just know things that I wish that I knew. Uh, I do feel it's important to understand that you're probably going to need to be prepared to educate other providers on what myofunctional therapy is. I will say over the last probably five or six years, myofunctional therapy has grown in acceptance in the SLP world. But again, there was this big, there's, and there still is this idea that of NSOMs, oral motor, and that is something I was taught in graduate school that oral motor, oral motor exercises are not evidence-based. Um, and so really just, you know, kind of putting your ego to the side and trying to be prepared to be a continual learner and just have calm and fruitful, converse, fruitful, fruitful conversations with other practitioners, uh, especially if you're trying to build your team of people that you can refer to in your area. So having getting an orthodontist on board and a dentist on board and things like that. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not about our ego. It's about the well-being of those that we serve. And so I find the best way to do that is trying to have positive relationships and collaborations with the other professionals in my area. And just every conversation I have, I try to make super fruitful and super um, and just super educational for us both. So that is all of the goodies and information that I have for you on this episode of the what, when, and how of my myofunctional therapy journey. I hope I was able to answer a lot of the questions that I get on my Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, um, where you at, boo, at Speech Goods, go do it. And make sure that you get those show notes because all the information and links to, links to websites, Facebook groups, courses, and all those things are going to be in the show notes. So make sure you go check that out. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more no fluff, getting the dang thing done stuff for myself and other real life SLPs, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com slash speech goods. If you found this content valuable, please share it with others so we can get this message out there. And if you haven't already, join us on Instagram. Handle is at speech goods. See you there.